Have you ever read the little book Dress for Success? It's a now classic little book that sold literally millions and millions of copies and has influenced uh, top world leaders and corporate executives around the world. And in this little book, John Malloy, the author, and now there's a version for women too, women dress for success. Um, John Malloy suggests that the way you dress is going to have a very direct bearing on your level of success in life. In fact, he goes so far as to predict that if you are a good dresser and follow his tips, you can expect a much higher level of success in life than if you dress shabbily or poorly and ignore his tips for dressing. Now, let me just share a few of the little dressing tips that he gives, particularly for men. I, I've got to admit, I haven't read the ladies version, so I apologize, ladies. But uh, for the men's version, he says, particularly if you're a kind of a public leader or a business executive, when it comes to belts, uh, you should wear a black belt that has a square buckle, no round buckles. I mean, this your your success could ride on a round buckle or a square buckle, square buckles only, guys. He says, when it comes to dress socks, they should always be black. They should always be over the calf. No droopy elephant leg socks for you guys. And and really the worst sin you could possibly commit if you want to climb the ladder of success is, guys, to cross your legs and show skin. That is a cardinal sin in dressing for success. He also talks about um, uh, all kinds of different things. One of the things is he says businessmen should never, ever, under any circumstances, wear green. Don't ever wear green. (laughs) Very attractive, isn't it? Really communicates power and authority. Uh, When it comes to watches, he says that it should be a thin uh, watch with a black leather band, and it should be preferably gold metal as opposed to silver. Uh, I'm wearing silver, so you can tell I'm not climbing too high, but uh, he's got all of these incredible tips and he's got tips for ladies, too. And he's also got amazing tips when it comes to the kind of umbrella you should choose and and the kinds of ties and and the kinds of suits and all. I mean, everything, even down to the right underwear. Now, you didn't really know that your underwear would determine your level of success. I mean, you know, who sees them but you? But he's. He's just pretty serious about this. It it has to do with how you feel and and kind of the attitude you portray. So even your undies are important to to success. Now, whether you agree with all of his tips or not, uh, he has sold millions of books and has impacted leaders all around the world who now dress for success. Well, did you know that as Christians... The way we dress has a direct bearing on our spiritual success in life. We need to dress for spiritual success. Now, I'm not talking about belts and socks and suits and shoes and handbags and all those kinds of things. But I'm talking about our spiritual wardrobe. Do you realize that the Bible talks about some different kinds of spiritual wardrobe in in Ephesians six, as we'll see uh, here in the future in in coming weeks? There's a spiritual armor that we can put on. But Paul also talks about our spiritual wardrobe and, and, and the kind of spiritual clothes we need to put off and the kind that we need to put on. 
And we need to understand that that the kind of spiritual clothes we wear has a great impact on the way we live our Christian lives. Have you ever noticed that the kind of clothes you wear have a direct bearing on how you feel and how you act? Have you ever noticed that? So, for example, on the weekend, if you throw on a pair of old, you know, dirty Levi's and a paint stained uh, sweatshirt, you feel very comfortable and you act very comfortably. And and it just puts you in a different mindset and attitude than, let's say, when you dress up in a black and white tux and ladies, you wear an evening gown for a special night out. I mean, those two different kinds of sets of clothing make you feel and act differently. You don't put on uh, the evening gown to go out and rake the yard. You just wouldn't behave that way in that kind of clothing. The same is true for us spiritually. We have some choices that need to be made in terms of how we dress ourselves spiritually. So let me ask you, what kind of spiritual dresser are you? How carefully do you choose your spiritual wardrobe? And so this morning, I want us to talk about how can we make sure as believers that we're making the right spiritual wardrobe choices that will help us act and feel like the people we truly are in Christ and to truly act as ambassadors of Jesus. And I want you to turn with me this morning back to Ephesians 4. This morning, we're going to be looking at verses 17 through 24, because in these verses, Paul explains to the Ephesians as well as to us that There's some basic choices available to us when it comes to how we clothe ourselves spiritually. So I want you to follow along here as I read Ephesians chapter four, verses 17 through 24. And here's what Paul says. He says, with the Lord's authority, let me say this. Live no longer as the ungodly do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their closed minds are full of darkness. They are far away from the life of God because they have shut their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They don't care anymore about right and wrong, and they have given themselves over to immoral ways. Their lives are filled with all kinds of impurity and greed. But that isn't what you were taught when you learned about Christ. Since you have heard all about him and have learned the truth that is in Jesus... Throw off your old evil nature and your former way of life, which is rotten through and through, full of lust and deception. Instead, there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. You must display a new nature because you are a new person created in God's likeness, righteous, holy and true. Now, in these verses, Paul really says there are two basic choices we have when it comes to our spiritual wardrobe, two basic choices when it comes to choosing our spiritual clothes. Uh, and, And the two choices are we can choose our old spiritual wardrobe or we can make choices from our new spiritual wardrobe that God has provided us in Christ as we're clothed in the very righteousness of Jesus. And the first choice involves our old spiritual wardrobe. We can choose to put on items from our old spiritual wardrobe that are going to have a very negative impact on the way we live the Christian life. Now, it's very interesting to me how Paul chooses to uh, communicate the concept of our old spiritual nature and our new spiritual nature. I want you to look at two verses just 
very quickly here, verse 22 and, and 24. Yeah, 22 and 24. The beginning of verse 22, he says, throw off your old evil nature. And in verse 24, he says, you must display a new nature. Now, some of your translations might say um, to lay aside the old nature or to put off the old nature. And it might say put on the new nature or, you know, the new self in Christ. And it's very interesting because those two phrases in the original Greek language are phrases that were used in reference to taking, putting on and taking off clothing. So the, the Ephesians would very clearly understand the metaphor that Paul was using here. He was using the metaphor of putting on, uh, taking off old clothes and putting on new clothes. And he says that we there's a choice that we have to make because we can choose to put on the old clothes rather than throw them off or lay them aside so we can put the new ones on. And in verses 17 through 20 or 19, Paul identifies some of the characteristics of that old spiritual wardrobe. Some of the things that we can end up putting on again rather than laying aside. And look at what he says here again in verses 17 through 20. He says, with the Lord's authority, let me say this, no longer live as the ungodly do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their closed minds are full of darkness. They are far away from the life of God because they have shut their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They don't care any more about right and wrong, and they have given themselves over to immoral ways. Their lives are filled with all kinds of impurity and greed. And Paul is referencing to the Ephesians, this is what you were like, too. This is representative of your old spiritual nature. And Paul says there are three things specifically that characterize our old spiritual nature before we knew Christ. And the first thing that characterizes the old self or the old spiritual wardrobe that we need to lay aside is spiritual darkness, spiritual darkness. He says here in verse uh, in verse 17, He says, for they are hopelessly confused. Their closed minds are full of darkness. What he's suggesting is that before we came to Christ, before the Holy Spirit entered us and and immersed us into the body of Christ and illumined our mind and our heart and our spiritual understanding before Christ, we could not even understand spiritual truth. We couldn't understand the concept of righteousness or what it means to do the things that please God. We were in spiritual darkness, hopelessly confused, he says. Have you ever noticed sometimes as as kind of the Christian right, although I hate that term and I, you know, I hate the divisions that it creates and and the left or whatever, or or Christians and non-Christians begin discussing spiritual things. It's almost like there's this veil that that prevents one side from understanding the other side. Oftentimes, you know, people who are not yet in Christ really cannot understand some of the concepts that we talk about because They just can't. They're in spiritual darkness, just like we have been and we were. But that's the first thing that characterized our old spiritual nature was spiritual darkness. But there's a second one. And a second thing that characterized our old self was spiritual hardness, spiritual hardness. He says here in the second half of verse 18 and the first part of verse 19, they are far away from the life of God. 
because they have shut their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They don't care anymore about right and wrong. You see, one of the things that characterized our old nature was this spiritual hardness. Your translation might use the word callous or callousness. The, the original word in original language means to be completely um, ignorant of pain, insensitive to all pain, beyond feeling is what it means. And what Paul is suggesting here is when we were living in habitual, continual sin, Without any spiritual understanding, our soul and our spirit was dead to the pain that sin causes. Totally ignorant of it. And as a result, we continued on in painful, sinful activities. Now, pain, although none of us really enjoy the experience, is a very good thing that God has given us. Because pain lets us know that something is wrong in our body and we need to take action. When we experience pain, it's like something going on in the dashboard of our car saying, you know, you need to put oil in or you need to do something or there's going to be a breakdown. And without that pain, we would just continue on in our behavior and create even more damage. That's why leprosy is so dangerous and damaging because it kills the nerve endings and people can no longer feel pain. And that's why their body continues to get eaten up by infection and stuff because they no longer feel pain. Now, there was a while ago when my father came down uh, when we lived in California uh, to help me put an addition on our house. And we only had one month to build a two story, 500 square addition on our house. And my dad is quite good at that. But uh, in August in Southern California, we knew it was going to be a challenging task. And so the first day we must have worked about 15 or 16 hours. And I, I got to admit, I hadn't been using a hammer a lot before that time. I just didn't find much use for it. But that day, uh, it's not like all I did was use a hammer. And I got to tell you, by the end of the night, my hand was blistered and so sore. I mean, I could barely pick up a can of pop. And I thought, how in the world am I going to pick up that hammer tomorrow? But I knew, hey, we got a month to get this thing done. And so the next morning I got it all, you know, slathered up with stuff and band-aids. And I started using the hammer again. And by the end of the day, you know, didn't feel quite as much pain. It was kind of numb. By the end of the month of continuous habitual hammering, I mean, I had calluses all over my hand and could hardly, you know, didn't, didn't even hurt. Do you realize the same thing is true when it comes to our sin? The first couple times you sin or engage in, in some kind of sinful behavior, there's an extreme sensitivity spiritually to the, the pain, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the potential harm that sin can create. But have you noticed the longer you do it and you keep doing it over and over, all of a sudden the conviction, the pain, that sense of guilt and shame isn't quite as strong. And if you continue habitually, you develop a complete insensitivity to that spiritual pain. And you can just continue in on that sin and you can end up, you know, justifying it and doing all kinds of weird things. Because that's a characteristic of our old spiritual nature is spiritual insensitivity. Uh, spiritual hardness and another thing as we talked about spiritual darkness and finally the third thing that characterized our old spiritual self was spiritual recklessness recklessness look at what paul says in verse 19 
He says, as a result of these things, their darkness and hardness, they don't care any more about right and wrong. And they've given themselves over to immoral ways. Their lives are filled with all kinds of impurity and greed. Do you notice a kind of progression here? That it begins with this spiritual darkness, this this lack of spiritual understanding, which leads into this spiritual hardness of heart or callousness where we don't uh, sense the pain that sin causes. And as a result of that, it leads to a spiritual recklessness where we just cast off all restraint and don't really care if it's right or if it's wrong and engage in the behavior anyways, oftentimes to our own hurt and pain and oftentimes to the hurt of families and the entire body of Christ. That's what characterized our old spiritual wardrobe, darkness, hardness, recklessness. But do you realize that even though we are new creatures in Christ Jesus, we still can choose from time to time to put on Those pieces of our old spiritual wardrobe, we can choose for periods of time to engage in uh, or to be spiritually darkened and insensitive to the pain of sin. And we can even as believers become reckless in our sinful behavior if we aren't spiritually vigilant on a daily basis. We need to to make sure that we're daily looking at what we're putting on in terms of our spiritual clothing. See, here's the challenge. There are some behaviors that became so natural to us in our old lifestyle that oftentimes, if we aren't careful, even after we come to Christ, we can end up slipping back into those and not kind of even noticing. For example, if before you became a Christian, you were a habitual liar and exaggerated the truth. And after you come to Christ, you know, you're I need to allow the Holy Spirit to change that. I need to stop doing that. But when we're not being vigilant on a daily basis, just being pulled along kind of through our daily life, we can slip back into that kind of behavior and find ourselves doing that again. And we've got to be aware of that. If we gossip before we came to Christ, it it can almost seem natural to gossip. And we sometimes don't even know where the line is because it was such a common practice. We need to be vigilant that we don't slip back in to that kind of sin. And whether it's immorality or whether it's lying or whether it's greed or lust or whatever it might be, we need to make sure that daily we're not allowing these clothes to kind of come back on. But we need to constantly be aggressively laying them aside, throwing them off, as Paul says, so that we're not allowing those things to characterize us any longer when it comes to our life in Christ. You know. We saw the truth of what Paul is talking about here just several weeks ago, unfortunately, with the whole Pastor Ted Haggard uh, situation when the national media uh, kind of exposed him and his sin. And when I first heard that, I was away in Philadelphia, and when I heard that, uh, I literally felt sick to my stomach. I felt like I'd been sucker punched. It was just such a, I can't even express kind of the surrealness of that moment when I heard that reveal. I thought, there's no way that could be true. And yet, as days went on, we found out that it was true and that, in fact, over a prolonged period of three years, there was monthly, if not more, you know, drug usage and and male prostitution stuff and all that kind of thing. And you go, how could a godly person who truly loves Jesus and has been used powerfully by God, how could someone slip back into that kind of thing? 
Well, it's exactly what Paul's talking about. This whole process of spiritual darkness. And then we harden our hearts and we become insensitive to the pain that sin can cause. And then we just throw off all restraint and start acting recklessly. And it can happen to any one of us. And we've got to be vigilant that that doesn't happen. In his letter of confession, he even said, these are behaviors that I've struggled against all of my life. Periods of victory, periods not of victory. And every single one of us in this room can relate with what he's saying. Because we've all been there, done that. Maybe not at the same degree, but it's a part of the battle we're in. It's a part of the spiritual journey. And Paul is exhorting us. This is no longer who you are. So don't dress like it in a sense spiritually. Don't allow these behaviors to come back and begin characterizing your behavior, how you act and how you feel. You need to lay them aside, throw them off on a daily basis so that we can instead make the second choice, which is putting on our new spiritual wardrobe in Christ, dressing ourselves In the righteousness of Christ. Look at what Paul says here in verses 20 through 24. He says, but that isn't what you were taught when you learned about Christ. Since, since you have learned about, or since you have heard all about him and have learned the truth that is in Jesus, throw off your old evil nature and your former way of life, which is rotten through and through, full of lust and deception, And instead, there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. You must display a new nature because you are a new person. Listen, created in God's likeness. Imagine that. If you have trusted Christ, you are now created in the very likeness of God himself, righteous, holy and true. But we need to make choices of what we're going to put on. And Paul says if we put on the new spiritual wardrobe, there's two things that characterize that. And the first thing that characterizes our new spiritual wardrobe, Paul says, is a spiritual renewal of our thoughts and our attitudes. A renewed mind is the first characteristic of our new spiritual wardrobe. That word renewed or renewal there uh, literally means to make something new, to restore it to its original condition. It's like restoring an old car, getting a, a vintage automobile or something and restoring it meticulously to its original condition. Paul is saying our mind needs to be renewed or restored to the condition it was in Before the fall, when God created us in his likeness and image, and we weren't marred by sin, but we were just as he intended us to be. And Paul says we need to put on this renewed mind. Do you realize that everything you do, every single behavior you engage in begins with a thought or something inside of you? It is impossible for you to behave 
divorced from any thought or any internal action. It just does not work that way. What happens is how we feel on the inside, what we think on the inside always ends up coming out in the form of behaviors and actions and activities and attitudes. That's how we've been created. The Bible says as a person thinks, so is he or so is she. It's out of the heart flow all of the issues of life. Proverbs 4.23. And so the proverb writer says, above all else, guard your heart because it affects everything you do. You see, Paul says we have got to be continually renewing our mind, our thoughts and our attitudes. And the way we do that is by watching what we put into our minds and our hearts and our inner life. You see, whatever goes in the most, whatever we're filled up with the most, that's going to characterize us as people. So you need to ask yourself over the last week or the last month, what have you been putting more of in your inner life, in your heart, in your mind? Because that is always going to be reflected in your attitudes and your actions and your behaviors. It cannot be otherwise. So now just think about all the things we allow into our minds over a week or two and think about the values and the morality and the things that are off, that often characterize those images and the things we allow into our minds. Certainly not really representative of God's kingdom and God's value system. You know, uh, the, the amount of television and magazines and public, you know, contemporary media that we allow into our hearts as opposed to how much of God's word and God's truth and God's principles we allow into our heart. I mean, we've got to ask ourselves, where are the levels? You see, if we're allowing more of the world kind of into our heart and our life, we can't expect to be living really godly, righteous uh, lives that are going to have a great impact on the community around us. There's got to be more of Christ in us than some of these other values. And so we've got to be monitoring that. And whatever we're exposed to the most is what we'll be most like. That's just how it is. And so a good rule to follow is the rule in Philippians 4, 8 that Paul shares. And you don't have to turn there, but I think uh, Paul's got it on this on the screen. And if he doesn't just listen, Paul says this when it comes to our thinking, he says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, let me say one more thing as I close this letter in Philippians. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You see, what we need to do on a daily basis is we're watching a program, as we're reading a magazine, we've got to learn to instinctively ask ourselves, is this worthy of praise? Is this excellent? Is this a good thing that I should be thinking about? Does this reinforce uh, godly behavior and godly beliefs and all of those things? Or is this something that's going to move me further away from God and help and, and, and characterize me more by the world's value system. It's got to be something that's just instinctive. Otherwise, we're just going to continue to be overwhelmed by those things. And we'll be in this constant battle where we wonder, why do I always fall to the same sin? Why can't I ever seem to get over this or beyond this hurdle? 
And we need to start asking ourselves, well, what am I feeding on? What am I putting into my mind? Is it any wonder that we sometimes struggle based on the things that we allow indiscriminately into our mind? Paul says we need to throw that stuff off. Lay it aside. Much of it characterizes our old nature, not our new nature. But there's a second characteristic of our new nature. And that is our new nature is characterized by right behavior. A renewed mind, which in turn leads to a right behavior. Do you notice the parallels here between the old self and the new self? Old self, spiritual darkness, spiritual insensitivity to the pain of sin, which leads to reckless behavior and destruction. The new self, characterized by a renewed mind, leads to righteous behavior and right living. Look at what Paul says in verse 24. He says, you must display a new nature because you are a new person created in God's likeness. And because we're in God's likeness, that involves righteousness, holiness and truth. Righteousness literally means just doing what is right. That's what righteousness is. When we say we want to be righteous, what we're saying is we want to do what's right. We want to please God through our behavior. And that's the kind of life that we want to live. Now, let me ask you, what have you been feeding your mind lately? What have you been spiritually feeding on? What are the values and ideas and standards that you've been soaking up? We need to be very careful about that, because if we're not satisfied with our behavior, If we're not satisfied with the way our Christian life is going and there's a lack of contentment with our spiritual journey, it all begins by what we're feeding our mind. Are we reading quality literature? Are we listening to good music that's that's positive, that's uplifting, that is encouraging, like what we heard this morning from the brass uh, ensemble and from the choir Are we listening to things on talk radio and and teaching or whatever it is that stimulates our mind in a positive way and represents Christian values and standards? Or is the majority of our mental food coming from some of the, the mindless talk shows out there and the superficial sitcoms that just communicate a completely different worldview and value system. Now, I'm not suggesting that, you know, that you need to be a, a TV virgin or something, you know, or that you can't ever watch a sitcom. But at the same time, you've got to ask, our, you've got to ask yourself, is this really what I want to soak up and what I want my kids to soak up or my grandchildren to soak up? Because whatever you soak up is going to seep out in your behavior. And where as human beings, we, you know, came up with this idea that it could be differently, that we could fill our souls full of garbage and somehow live this sterling life. You know, that's just a lie of the enemy. That is really a characteristic of spiritual darkness from our old nature, not our new nature. And so we've got to make sure that we're giving ourselves a healthy spiritual diet, not eating spiritual McDonald's all the time because it will ultimately have an impact on how we act and feel as Christians. 
You know, several weeks ago, I actually went shopping with Sue at the mall. Guys, I want you to hear this. I went shopping with my wife at the mall, helping to pick out some new clothing, you know, for her that's in her color scheme, whatever that is. I kind of pretended to know that. It's, yeah, that's it. That's that's your color. You know, I like that. Well, no, it's not technically in my color. OK, well, whatever, you know, um, but I'm trying to be helpful. Uh, making suggestions. Hey, this might look good. Oh, no, that's that's cut too weird, you know, and not the way I'm built. Oh, OK, well, but anyways, uh, as we were shopping, we went in this one store in the mall. And, and at the minute we walked in, there was this rack of winter coats. And as we walked in, I, I noticed her just kind of look at that coat on the rack. And, go, and she kept going, you know, back to what we were really looking for. But I noticed her as I was kind of shopping around. She kept gravitating back towards that rack with the, the gray wool coat on it. And every once in a while, I'd, I'd catch her kind of back there, and then she'd come back and look at the other clothes. And eventually, I kind of went over there with her. I said, you kind of like that coat, don't you? And she said, yeah, I think it's really attractive. I said, well, why don't you try it on? Mistake. Don't suggest try it on. Um, because she tried it on. She said, oh, man, this is this fits really. And it did look really nice on her. And kind of buttoned on the side and was trimmed in this kind of faux fur and had a hood. Just a really attractive wool winter coat. And so, you know, we finally said, well, go ahead and get it. You know, you need a new winter coat. So we left the store with only a wool coat. None of the things that we went in the store for. But she got it and she was very happy, very pleased. And the next morning uh, we woke up and it was, uh, uh, you know, a work day. And and she, um, you know, it was bright and sunny, kind of like this morning. But it was several weeks earlier and it was just a little bit of crispness in the air. Certainly not weather that required a winter coat. But guess what Sue was wearing to the office that day was her new winter coat. You know, new clothes kind of have a way like that, don't they? I mean, if you have a choice between a new coat or an old coat, if you're going someplace night, you're probably going to choose the new clothes. Uh, Guys, if we have a choice between an old suit and a new suit, we're probably going to choose the new suit if it's appropriate. New clothes are like that. We want to wear those new clothes. And the same thing should be true for us spiritually. Every day we should wake up and want to throw aside those old spiritual rags of spiritual darkness and hardness and and recklessness. And we should want to put on that renewed mind and that righteous behavior that pleases God and, and is healthy for us spiritually and moves us in the direction that God wants us to go. But the reality is every day we have a choice. We can make choices from the old spiritual wardrobe and slip back into old patterns that are not healthy and not good. Or we can choose to put on the new spiritual wardrobe clothed in the very righteousness of Christ and acting and feeling that way, because that's what we're choosing. Let me just share two action steps before we close two action steps. And that is this week. And maybe you would want to continue on beyond this week. But every morning when you go to your closet or you go to your dresser to choose your clothes for the day, ask yourself, what kind of spiritual clothes am I going to put on today? Just use it as an object lesson, as a reminder. When you open the drawers and you see those clothes, just ask yourself, what am I going to put on spiritually today? What am I going to allow into my mind? How am I going to behave? What choices am I going to make In that regard, and make a habit of consciously putting on clothes from your new spiritual wardrobe. Make a conscious habit of saying, I want to 
live today with a renewed mind. And as a result, I'm going to monitor the things I allow into my mind and into my heart rather than just mindlessly and thoughtlessly absorbing things that are going to seep out in old self behaviors. And number two, maybe you'd like to do this. Maybe you'd like to identify one behavior or habit. It's kind of an old self behavior or habit, something that is very easy for you to slip back into something that just feels comfortable, kind of like an old sweatshirt and dirty Levi's. But you don't like it and you don't want to wear it anymore. What can you do to lay aside that old behavior? What can you do with that one area where you really struggle to, to change that behavior? I think the first thing that you need to check is. What am I putting into or allowing into my mind that specifically is fueling this behavior and then cut it off at the source? Don't toy around with it anymore. Just cut it off at the source. Be radical. I think that's what Jesus meant when he said, if your right arm offends you, cut it off. If your left eye offends you, pluck it out. I mean, he's not talking about literally doing that, but he's talking about taking radical action that will result in radical results. And so I'd encourage you. To engage in those two things. Uh, when you go to your closet, be very conscious of what you'll put on spiritually. And then maybe identify one thing, one behavior that characterizes the old self that you want to get rid of and throw aside. And, and begin getting to the source of what's generating that behavior. So that we can be people who truly dress for spiritual success. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for your word. Father, how practical it is. Father, we thank you that um, you have given us a choice, even though spiritually and positionally we are in Christ, clothed in his righteousness. In this life and in this world, we have choices. And Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would empower us to make the right choices, that we would throw off our old spiritual wardrobe, those tattered rags, and that we would put on the new sterling beautiful spiritual clothing that we have in Christ, that we might live with a renewed mind, continually allowing you to renew it, which will result in right behavior, righteousness in your sight. Father, that's our heart's desire, and we thank you that you know our hearts, and we thank you that we're already righteous in Christ, but we want our behavior to come in balance with who we really are already so that we might glorify you in this world. And it's in Christ's powerful name we believe you to do these things. Amen.